You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyard. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We have the Week 1 Decider column, my start-sit advice here for the games ahead. Starting Thursday night, Cowboys, Buccaneers, who should you get in your lineups right away? All the way through the weekend, we do that every week at Sporting News, and here we're going to break down those games for you every week. We'll do those Wednesday and Thursday on our matchup shows, but today's Pickup Tuesday. That means we can already look at the waiver wire here ahead of the Week 1 games. Yeah, you can attack the waiver wire if you had your drafts, depending on your rules. You can attack them from a free agent standpoint or put in your waiver claims here to try to upgrade your team even before we've uh, played games here in 2021. So always be looking to upgrade your teams now that the draft is over. The draft is only one part of winning a championship you got to look at the waiver wire every single week, even before kickoff here. So we'll get into the pickups that you should be looking at. Maybe guys you forgot about near the end of your drafts that you might have needed to stash. Depending on your league size, these guys will be available. So we'll give you a good range here for shallow leagues all the way through deep leagues of players that you should be targeting. We'll do that every Tuesday here on Pickup Tuesday. Waiver wire look here starting with week one, of course. Now, we'll dive into the show in a moment here to look at our pickups, but I do have to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, so we've got a lot of good pickups to talk about. How we'll do this every week here throughout the regular season, all the way through the end, week 18, yeah. You got to get used to that, but... We're going all the way to the end to give you advice. We're going to start with running backs in our first segment because everyone's looking first for those running back upgrades, stashes, lottery tickets, so on and so forth, especially early in the season. Then we'll dedicate a whole segment to the wide receivers because that's also a high priority here. And then we'll close looking at the quarterbacks, tight ends, and the odds and ends there with the defense and kickers. Sound good? All right, let's uh, dive into the running backs. You can already be looking ahead in week one. Now, a lot of drafts I've been, a couple guys, kind of scat backs, change of pace guys that have been left undrafted, maybe just looking at the crowd in the backfield. Giovanni Bernard has not been drafted in a lot of leagues behind Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette of the Buccaneers, but we know he's going to have a key pass catching ability there for Tom Brady. They've already tried to establish that, so that's going to hurt in the Leonard Fournette's value. We've talked about that where we wanted to avoid Jones and Fournette, but if you're in deeper leagues, especially PPR leaning, you can look at Gio Bernard. I think he should be on your bench. Also, because we know Fournette is not the most durable here. Ronald Jones is pretty good, but he can't catch passes, so if something were happening to Fournette, Bernard would be very busy, I think, in this Bucks offense catching passes from Tom Brady, but a good stash there. Good, good idea, but not totally into the Bucks' running game slash backfield much this season, but Bernard is intriguing if he's still out there on your waiver wire. Same thing with James White. Remember him? He was Tom Brady's former dump-off guy. You have Damian Harris. You have the rookie Ramondre Stevenson in New England. They moved Sonny Michelle, but... 
James White is still going to have a role there, especially with Mac Jones, with checkdowns and all that kind of stuff as a rookie quarterback. It's not exactly like New England is lighting things up at wide receiver with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, their newcomers. Still trying to figure out tight end. Jonu Smith probably going to have an earlier impact in the passing game than Hunter Henry. But there's certainly some target and production to have there in New England out of the backfield. We saw a lot of those plays to uh, James White off the bench, J.J. Taylor as well. So I figured the screen game, the short passing, uh, the reliable kind of short game there for your rookie quarterback is going to be in fact as a security blanket. And James White will have that value again. Bernard and White, more guys that were interested in full point PPR formats. A little bit in half point, not really much in standard. Now, what do we do with the Jets' backfield? This was a conundrum that came up in a recent draft of mine. Michael Carter was the high upside guy. I actually drafted Michael Carter first, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to go here with the Jets in their backfield. That's a big mystery, but we know the Jets have some running potential. You look at Makai Becton on the left side, Elijah Vera Tucker, their rookie. They could actually be a pretty good running game here, especially when you look at the offensive line, the system with Michael Floor coming over from the 49ers. So similar situation, we're trying to figure out Trey Sermon versus Raheem Mostert. You have former 49er Tevin Coleman in the mix, but you also have Ty Johnson. It's more of a wait-and-see approach. I don't know if I would run to put any Jets player in against the Panthers here in Week 1, but you'll have an idea here, but it's good to get ahead of it, get your options here, because I think this running game has more potential than a lot of people think. The game scripts are not going to be positive most of the time for the Jets because they're going to be trailing, but Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, uh, Michael Carter, Carter might need a little bit of time to get going. I think he's more of a second-half player, but who's going to be the guy early? So you can look at Coleman, you can look at Johnson, see how it plays out here against the Panthers. We'll have a better indication for when the coach speak becomes coach reality on the field. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think Tevin Coleman still should be drafted in a lot of leagues. If he's not and he's out there, you look at Coleman, I think he's a little bit better option right now than Ty Johnson. Because again, Ty Johnson to me, you have LaMichael P. Ryan, you have the upside of Carter at some point, where Coleman is the veteran and Robert Sala and LaFleur know him well from San Francisco. So my bet is they're going to lean a little bit more on Coleman early until Carter's ready to be an explosive player in their offense and be a bigger part of it as the season progresses. So if you're going Coleman or Johnson, I look there. You also have to look at uh, Tyson Williams there of the Ravens. He's now your number two back behind Gus Edwards, and we know Gus Edwards had value as the number two back behind J.K. Dobbins. So there's some value to be had with Tyson Williams here there that you can look at. So a couple ties that we're looking at to get some the deep league value here and running back, but Williams has been looking pretty good. He displaced Justice Hill. I've seen Justice Hill go in a lot of drafts where Williams has been the guy here that we look at in the Ravens step chart. He's been more impressive. He fits more what they want to do. Justice Hill's had plenty of chances. They went out and got Dobbins last year in the draft. We thought Hill at some point was going to have a bigger impact, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't impressed this coaching staff enough. So go there. Another guy I like is Boston Scott. I know the rookie Kenneth Gainwell is getting some buzz there in Philadelphia behind Miles Sanders, but look at Boston Scott. He's very productive. He's versatile. He's a bit of Naeem Heinze-like here for the Nick Sirianni offense coming over from the Colts, so something to like with Boston Scott, but I don't believe this coaching staff is fully sold on Miles Sanders. I think he'll start out getting a good 60% of the touches, but Scott's going to be involved. He's a good pass catcher. I think he's a little bit underrated as a pure runner here. So Gainwell, everyone's been jumping on him for good reason. He's an exciting rookie from Memphis. Sanders, again, the buzz has not been great. 
But you look at uh, Boston Scott right behind him, maybe being a little bit ignored. League, and another guy that really should get a little bit more buzz, Tarek Cohen, is a little bit banged up early here for the Bears. So the guy that we have to look at more is Damian Williams. He's been a valuable backup for the Chiefs. Now he goes back to Matt Nagy and the Bears behind David Montgomery. So is he a lottery ticket? Maybe. Does he have any standalone value? Probably not. But someone you can certainly stash from that Bears backfield. I think they'll still be a running team. And as Justin Fields gets in there, eventually a quarterback, that's going to help the running as well, the traditional running game with the back. So Damian Williams, we know, has been a valuable backup reality. And fantasy-wise, he's turned starter and helped teams win that way. So not a bad stash here for looking for a little bit of depth and uh, potential there. That's always good to have guys behind. A guy like Sanders and Scott, a guy behind Montgomery. In Williams, you never know where the injuries are going to come. The attritions aren't going to hit running back at some point. So bet on some guys in good systems that are going to help you here in 2021. Speaking of betting, it's that time of the year again. And all eyes are now turning. Football teams are back on the gridiron to start the NFL season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at Bet Online. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. That's for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On to take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus. And don't forget about that fully free bet up to $25 for Buccaneers Cowboys, the season opener of the 2021 season. All right, let's uh, continue the show here, looking at the wide receivers, as promised in our second segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. It's a Pickup Tuesday, our first of the year in Week 1. Don't forget, Matchup Wednesday, Matchup Thursday, we'll break down all the games there, the early half and the back-end half here of Week 1. 16 games, full slate here, no buys, of course, out of the gate, so we'll do that for you on the next show. Let's continue looking at the waiver wire, shall we? Now... Surprisingly, Marcus Callaway was still not drafted in a few leagues of mine where you look at the Saints receiver, Michael Thomas still getting a lot of stash buzz there as he's uh, on injured reserve there as they try to uh, get him back to health here probably after the bye midseason. Not a bad stash, but right now the guy available is Marcus Callaway playing with James Winston. We thought someone's going to have to catch the ball. In New Orleans, we were all on Adam Troutman early, but then he got hurt. You had a little Juwan Johnson appearance there, the wide receiver tight end hybrid. He was on our radar. Traquan Smith was on our radar for a brief second, but everyone's on Marcus Callaway. So if he's out there still in your league, still look at him. He's I would take him no higher as a wide receiver five, so that's how you're taking him. I wouldn't plug him into your lineup right away with confidence. Keep in mind, it's a very tough matchup. In week number one with Jair Alexander. Who else is Jair Alexander going to be on? He's going to be on Callaway. If they watch film, Winston made him his go-to guy. Callaway's an outside guy. So I would not expect anything out of Marcus Callaway early. So temporary expectations there. But if he's available in your league, that should not be the case. Go out and get him. Now I've also seen people totally avoid the Raiders. And Henry Ruggs the third, And Brian Edwards are things. I think Ruggs is a little bit more 
of an intriguing target here. He's the first-round pick. He's got a lot of speed. I think they want to deploy him more. They did lose Nelson Aguilar to the Patriots in free agency. So the big playability might be there as they need to replace that from Aguilar. Aguilar, remember, was doing that because Ruggs wasn't fully healthy last year as well. So there's going to be another mouth to, to feed there after Darren Waller. You've got to bet on Ruggs here. You've got to follow the... First round pedigree. Edwards is a nice guy with some size, but he might be a little bit redundant with what Darren Waller can do with his size and get open in the middle of the field. Edwards is more of an outside possession guy, but Ruggs, again, you would think if the Raiders are smart here, that's sometimes questionable with what some of their decisions with the Kenny Drake addition uh, behind Josh Jacobs and all that. But Ruggs has got to be used more. You just can't waste a first round pick on a player of that level of speed who can stretch the field a little bit i know Derek Carr. that's not necessarily his game he's more down the seam short to intermediate but he had more big plays than you would have expected last year with Aguilar so if Ruggs can fill that void keep in mind Aguilar was a wide receiver three for the Raiders last year there's some potential there so I don't think Ruggs should be undrafted in every any league at this point Edwards yeah you could look at him in deeper leagues but Ruggs is certainly the appealing Raiders receiver over Edwards and Hunter Renfro Another guy that I think should be drafted in every league, if he's still out there on your waiver wires, Amon Ra St. Brown. His brother, unfortunately, Equinamia St. Brown, was uh, released by the Packers. Didn't work out for him. I thought he had a chance there at Green Bay. But Amon Ra, named after the Egyptian god there. So let's hope he's a god among men in this Lions receiving corps because they need it. They said goodbye to Brashad Perriman, which was a bit of a surprise. There are other receivers at Tyrell Williams and Quintus Cephas when you're not throwing to TJ Hawkinson at tight end. So, Eamon Rossi Brown, a slot receiver out of USC. We know that uh, Jared Goff comes from L.A., and he really liked Robert Woods there out of USC in Los Angeles. He also liked a slot receiver who was Cooper Cup. So, an amalgam, a composite, a uh, combination, if you will, there potentially of Cup and Woods there for Jared Goff that we're looking at. So, they need someone to throw to for sure. They're going to be trailing. The Lions are not very good defensively. The running game is a little bit banged up now. DeAndre Swift, questionable already for week one. You also have Jamal Williams there lurking. So they might not trust their backfield as much. They're going to have to throw at some point. Amon Ross St. Brown working in the middle of the field with Hawkinson there. Slot, intermediate routes. That makes a lot of sense here with Jared Goff as there's some offensive line question marks in Detroit as well. So, Eamon Ross St. Brown, one of those rookies. Not a lot of buzz because he's, again, slot receiver for the Lions potentially, but I could see him being very busy for Detroit out of necessity here in 2021. Speaking of slot receivers, Jacoby Myers, I think people are totally writing off the Patriots uh, receiving core. I haven't seen Nelson Aguilar drafted in many leagues. Aguilar just has some negative connotation, but again, keep in mind, he was a wide receiver last three last year with the Raiders. I think part of it is you have Jonah Smith and Hunter Henry, so you're not looking, but Jacoby Myers, again, middle of the field, easy throws, playing off James White, playing off the tight ends for Mac Jones. Myers is very solid at work in the middle. He was a nice revelation for the Patriots. They like him a lot in this offense under Josh McDaniel. So Jacoby Myers, pick him up. He has some options there as a nice stash here with some wide receiver three potential down the line, the right matchup. Now, which rookie more do you go with? Do you go with Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore? How about both, depending on your league? Rondell Moore, again, the Cardinals, it's hard to decipher where they're going to go with the ball a lot after DeAndre Hopkins. They did get A.J. Green. They got some holdover receivers, including uh, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk in this offense as well. But 
Rondell Moore is a jack-of-all-trades, a little uh, cog that they want to get on the field in many different ways. He could cut into Chase Edmonds' work. He could cut into the receiver's work. I think they're going to rely less or force less the tight end into action here as they moved on from uh, Dan Arnold. So Rondell Moore, not a bad stash. He's an exciting player. Get the ball in his hands. He can do stuff. Elijah Moore, a little less inclined here because I think the Rondell Moore situation, he could develop as that second target in general, all over the field to use beyond Hopkins, where Elijah Moore, we'll see if Jamison Crowder is healthy and is a factor here. You also have Keelan Cole that you're worried about there as well for the Jets, and Corey Davis is still established number one. So similar situations with Corey Davis is the one, Hopkins is the one there in those situations for these Moors. Can they carve out the second most target share, be involved in these offenses quite a bit with their young quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Zach Wilson? So about equal there, stash, wide receiver six type players there that you can look at with some upside. Same guy that I'm looking at in Paris Campbell of the Colts. Now, Michael Pittman, people don't know exactly what to do with him. They're taking him as a wide receiver four or five. There's not a lot of good vibes with this Colts passing game, but T.Y. Hilton's out. Campbell, they like a lot. He's a quick speedster there from Ohio State. He's been not healthy early in his career, but can make some plays happen. He's the best guy to translate his skill set to replace Hilton here. Pittman is more of the Big guy, possession guy, big slot that they can use. Campbell is that quick player. Get the ball out of uh, Carson Wentz's hands quickly. Get him in open field. Maybe stretch the field as well with Campbell. But certainly an opportunity knocking early in the season for Pittman and Campbell. Can't rely on the Colts tight ends all that much. Hilton out of the lineup. Wentz resetting where the targets are going to go and the favoritism is going to be at quarterback. So, yeah, if you're going to look at Michael Pittman and draft him, I think you have to also look at Paris Campbell on the waiver wire. Finally, the last wide receiver we'll get to in this segment is Terrace Marshall of the Panthers. We've got to wait and see with him. We know that Christian McCaffrey is going to dominate the looks there from Sam Darnold on those passes. Then you have Robbie Anderson probably sneakily going to get a little bit more attention there with his chemistry with Darnold than DJ Moore. So where does Terrace Marshall fit in? Remember, Curtis Samuel's value there as a third receiver for the Panthers was tied to McCaffrey being hurt. So Marshall is a big slot that they're going to use at first. Could be your Anderson replacement next year if they can't bring him back. So that's something to keep in mind. But Marshall, again, wait and see approach here. See what he can do against the Jets in week one, how they use him. Then you feel like he might have a little bit more value than you think. It's all about Darnold being as good as Teddy Bridgewater in distributing the ball to the key receivers, which Bridgewater was very good at doing because he gave more Anderson and Samuel relevance. We hope uh, Marshall can develop some even with uh, now McCaffrey back in the lineup healthy for the Panthers. All right, we do need to get to our quarterbacks, uh, tight ends, defenses, and kickers that you need to look at in the waiver wire. We'll do that in our final segment. We told you at the top this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why are often pointless, seemingly damaging questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why should you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, take the Honda Odyssey fuel pump. You can get that for $353 from a chain store, or you can save a nice, cool, near $150 for getting that at $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need there. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Check it out. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your specific auto part needs, whatever they are. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let us uh, finish here looking at our waiver wire for week one. It's a pickup Tuesday here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Let's go to the quarterbacks. James Winston available in a lot of leagues. At least early, we know he's the starter here. And we know the interceptions are there, but the volume is going to be there. I know M- Michael Thomas is not out there. We're trying to figure out the rest of the pecking order behind Marcus Callaway initially. How much does Traquan Smith help here? How much does Alvin Kamara help out of the backfield, the tight end by committee? All that stuff here for Jameis Winston. But we know he's going to throw without fear with a high volume when needed. So garbage points, something we can always look at for Jameis Winston. It propelled him to QB1 status just a couple of years ago in his final year with the Bucks. In 2019. So, yeah, Jameis Winston always has some nice value because he's going to be fearless even when trailing. The big question mark is are they going to let him loose enough? Or are they going to be scared of that with the interceptions? I think they will. They need the downfield element to open up the running game here. They have a very good offensive line. Keep that in mind with the Saints. They can protect Winston, get him opportunities to stretch the field. Winston all has, has some wiggle where he can give you some rushing production at times when needed. It's not Taysom Hill, but. Winston is going to throw better downfield, give opportunities to those players that he has with him. Again, you'll have to live with the mistakes, but he certainly has an appeal as QB2 as long as he can hold a job there ahead of Hill in New Orleans. Now, Sam Darnold is uh, holding on to his job over uh, the P.J. Walker experiment there for the Panthers. We'll see how uh, Sam Darnold does, but good spot early. Revenge game against the Jets, rebuilding defense at home. Then you have the Saints in that rebuilding defense, really depleted from last year at home. Then you get the Texans as well, so not a bad few matchups there to start the season for Sam Darnold. Again, not a great reality QB, but certainly has some potential with those receivers we mentioned. Marshall adding the mix with the McCaffrey Moore and Anderson there. Dan Arnold, we mentioned him going in, going from the Cardinals to the Panthers. He could have a little bit of value as well. So Sam Darnold, garbage points, putting up some numbers there. The Panthers' defense is pretty good with all their young pieces, but I still think the game script is going to help Darnold in some of these games. And again, just the supporting cast, there are some ways to get numbers, but don't get too excited. And Remember, Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a lot of great fantasy football numbers either, working with some of the same weapons. So keep that in mind, but Darnold certainly as a streamer you could look at here early in the season. Uh, not a bad guy, especially week one against Jets. Then you look at week three, especially against the Texans as well early out of the gate. Now that same game, Jets-Panthers, I like Zach Wilson. I don't think Zach Wilson should be undrafted in every league. You look at Corey Davis, you look at Elijah Moore, you look at Jamison Crowder we talked about, and Keelan Cole. 
some weapons there. This game script is going to call for a lot of Jets passing, a lot of good vibes from Zach Wilson coming out of the preseason, maybe even more so than uh, Trevor Lawrence as the number two overall pick there. So a QB2 with upside with a bullet that I want to stash here while we wait for Trey Lance and Justin Fields to see the field. Wilson is going to see the field right away and have some value there that you have to look at. So Winston, Darnold, and Wilson you can look at. If you're looking for a one-week play this week, look for Tyrod Taylor there against the Jaguars in the opener there. That's a one-week special. And uh, one of the guys we're also targeting for some uh, DFS value here in week number one. Let's turn to tight ends. And some tight ends were left available there. Gerald Everett is available in some shallow leagues here. Uh, We'll see what he does here with Shane Waldron and this offense coming over from the Rams to help Russell Wilson maybe as a key third target behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but we want to take a wait-and-see approach because we've been teased with Gerald Everett in Los Angeles before, but Tyler Higby's come to his work. Keep in mind, you have Will Disley and some other tight ends there in Seattle that can do the same to Everett. So let's watch it. Everett has some potential in this offense for sure with Wilson, but let's temper expectations here. Certainly a talented player that if he gets an opportunity, can take advantage of it. You also have Austin Hooper of the Browns. I think that he's going to be a lot more involved. Last year it was a bit of a difficult transition, but I think they'll use the tight end a little bit more in Cleveland. In general, throw the ball downfield a little bit more. That's why I'm not into Kareem Hunt in the checkdowns. But you have Odell Beckham Jr. healthy, Jarvis Landry. You're going to be able to stretch the field. That's going to open up the intermediate routes there for Austin Hooper. Again, he's clearly the best tight end. They have David Ajoku. they got Harrison Bryant. But when you combine all the elements where he can run block, and be out there more consistently for Baker Mayfield. Austin Hooper, a sneaky tight end after all the main guys are gone late. Same thing with Jared Cook. You can look at him. I think he's in a great offense for his skill set with Joe Lombardi. He has a Saints connection there. they got to throw to him. As Again, no reliable number two targets behind Keenan Allen. They're also replacing Hunter Henry. So another tight end there, Hooper and Cook, two guys available late in drafts that I think are going to have starting value here in deeper leagues quicker than you think. Zach Ertz is back on board with the Eagles. We're going to watch him a little bit. I wouldn't run to go get him with a Dallas Goddard there, but Ertz is not going away from the Eagles offense. He's committed to playing in it for another year. We're also not sure about the receivers, how it'll play out after Devonta Smith. So you could have Devonta Smith there, the rookie out of Alabama, the Heisman reigning winner being involved, and then pretty much it's a Dallas Goddard to Zach Ertz show intermediate passes from Jalen Hurts. It would not surprise me if that uh, happens at the expense of uh, Jalen Rieger and the field-stretching guys as they are more conservative this offense a little bit, but also have some field-stretching capacities in versatile ways with Goddard Nertz. As we know, Nick Sirianni, like his uh, predecessor, uh, Doug Peterson, and where he came from with Frank Reich, can use the 12 personnel with the two tight ends to his advantage. So you could see two receivers, two tight ends a lot for the Eagles with Ertz back in the mix in the flow, not going anywhere with Goddard. Cole Komet, we're going to wait and see. Darnell Mooney's got all the buzz there as a complimentary top receiver to Allen Robinson with Anthony Miller gone. But Komet has to deal with Jimmy Graham. Let's see how it plays. If they fade Graham, use Komet a little bit more, then we're a little bit interested in Komet. But certainly a lot of talent there for the second-year player from Notre Dame. Anthony Ferkser has fallen off the radar. We know he's had a flash there with the Titans, but... Again, the Titans are looking to replace him. Key production here. Julio Jones came in. Corey Davis left. You had Jonu Smith leave, so that would say Ferkser can have an opportunity here in offense that is going to throw it a tight end with Ryan Tannehill at some point. So those are the guys you look at. Everett, Hooper, Cook, Ertz, Komet, and Ferkser are your targets at tight end in that order from uh, 
shallower leagues to deeper leagues here in 2021, initially on your week one waiver wire. All right, we do have to talk about defense and kickers because you still use them in a lot of leagues. We'll do that for you. And a kicker will be quick about, but defense certainly is important. You have the Panthers open against Zach Wilson. I do like the vibes for Wilson, but that's a tough first matchup against that young Panthers defense on the road. Any rookie quarterback has it rough, especially against a decent defense, and I think the Panthers are certainly that. So the Panthers, not a bad one-week option for you. The Seahawks are also not bad. Carson Wentz, we know how things were. He took some lumps. You have Jamal Adams and some playmakers there. This offense could be out of sync early for the Colts with all the injuries they've had, uh, trying to get it on the same page. Again, the receiving limitations there as well without T.Y. Hilton and still trying to figure out tight end. So the Seahawks are a good one as well with enough talent. You have to have a few playmakers, and certainly the Panthers with Jeremy Chin and other Seahawks with Adams and other have ability to do that. Now the Vikings, I think, will have a rebound season. I don't think they're going to be that elite defense we've seen with Mike Zimmer, but they were pretty bad last year. A lot of injuries depleted in the pass rush. Their secondary is a little bit rebuilt now, so I think they'll have a bigger impact. I think they're at least good for maybe a few sacks there against the Bengals in front of Joe Burrow. Burrow's been a bit rusty as well, so there could be some picks there as well that you could look at for the Vikings. So Vikings, not bad, but I prefer the Panthers and Seahawks this week. And finally, the Jaguars defense, someone you can look at too. I mentioned Taylor as being maybe a guy that you look at, but he's also capable of turning over the ball. Jaguars should be pumped here for Urban Meyer in their debut, come out flying a little bit around the field defensively. So in order, those uh, got four defenses should not be owned in a lot of leagues here that are available. That's why I just pick up the best streaming options of week one. If uh, one defense that may still be available out there, I think they're owned a lot of leagues, but the Broncos certainly against the Giants, a defense that's uh, got a lot of playmakers over Von Miller and their improved secondary. I think the Broncos are going to be one of the better pass defenses in the NFL. I do like the Giants in that first game here at home, but again, I think that could be an ugly defensive fest. So Broncos-Giants in that particular game, if you're looking Broncos, probably not available in a lot of leagues. Giants probably rarely available if the Panthers, Seahawks, and Vikings and Jaguars are not options for you. In week one. Finally, let's look at kicker. Greg Joseph, like him a lot uh, here of the Vikings. He's going to be involved quite a bit. Uh, They're kicking field goals. Matt Prater, big leg. He also plays now for the Cardinals, so that helps. Uh, indoor options there. Shootout against the Titans this week, so plenty of opportunities for points there. Brandon McManus in that same Broncos-Giants game. I don't see a lot of scoring, but there could be some room for some bigger field goals. Big leg guy in McManus that you can look at. So, Joseph Prater McManus, probably some of the kickers that are available there. Uh, two guys that may be on oh, Greg Zerline and Ryan Suckup, if you can get either one of those for the opener there. Some people have overlooked them a bit here for the Cowboys and Buccaneers. That's where you could go as well ahead of these guys, Joseph Prater and Brandon McManus. All right, there you go. There's your week one waiver wire in the books for Locked on Fantasy Football. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the Locked on Bets podcast. Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. We'll also be talking about gambling and over-unders and betting lines here. We'll do that with our first matchup shows. Matchup Wednesday and matchup Thursday. Double shot of breaking down all the games. We'll look at the lines. We'll look at the point totals, how that's going to help us determine where we want to go in fantasy football with the plays that we're going to look at. So, we're looking at every game every week. We'll uh, break down the first half of games on Wednesday for you, the second half on Thursday. And don't forget, we'll put everything into a blender and take a DFS approach there 
with your lineups there that you want to fill out the best bargains there at price points, return on investments that you can look at based on what we've learned from the matchups as well as we'll have our final injury updates to close the week. So that's how we'll do it here every week. It's progressive. We get you from Roundup Monday all the way back to a lineup Friday. We do it every week here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. So regular season mode, we're still with you all the way. We got you ready for your drafts. Hopefully you dominated those. Now we're turning our attention to the regular season. Let's get it done here week one and beyond. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great Tuesday and see you tomorrow for Matchup Wednesday.